Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Hi, Changemakers. We're on week three of a seven-week series talking about the Compass Catholic Money Map. Like we said in the past two weeks, the Money Map is a tool that we use at Compass Catholic to help our study participants prioritize their money tasks. And if you missed last week's episode, we did a deep dive into Destination 2, which involves paying off all your credit card debt and saving one month's income in an emergency fund at the same time. If you miss that episode, hit pause right now and then come back to this one. Like I said last week and the week before, the money map provides you with a plan. And this plan is needed not only to achieve the goal that you set out for, but also to break it up into bite-sized pieces so the goal is much more attainable. So what is involved in Destination 3, you ask? Okay, so by the time you've reached Destination 3, you are on a spending plan. You have a generosity plan that you are actively using. You have one month's income saved as an emergency fund and you have no credit card debt. It's so good, it's so good. And at this point you are so far ahead of an average American consumer. The next destination you're working towards involves paying off all the rest of your consumer debt and that includes your car loans, your student loan debt and your home equity loans and you're growing your emergency fund to three months income. And just like in destination two, you're going to be doing both these things at the same time. Half your budget surplus after all your needs are met and you've paid the minimums on what you owe will go towards building up your emergency fund to three months income and the other half will go towards paying down your consumer debt. Now, if that emergency fund gets built up to three months income and you still have consumer debt, at that point, you're gonna be focusing all your budget surplus on your debt and vice versa. If you finish paying off all your debts, but your emergency fund still isn't at three months, you're gonna focus all your budget surplus there. There's this quote by St. Francis of Assisi and it says, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. I love this quote because it reminds me of the first three destinations of the money map. Developing a spending plan is necessary. Having a a small emergency fund, that's necessary. Then you do what's possible. You start paying off your credit card debt. You build up a larger emergency fund. And when we go from destination two to destination three, you make the jump from doing the possible to the impossible. Living without consumer debt seemed impossible when you first started this journey. I mean, who lives without debt anymore? But now you're working towards the impossible in destination three, but you know it's possible because you've seen how the process works. Let's focus first on paying off that consumer non-credit card debt because that credit card debt's already paid off, right? And then we'll change gears and talk about your three months emergency fund. Okay, auto loan debt. I know I said before that credit cards are like the worst of the worst, but auto loan debt is a very close second. 
Last week, I also told you that credit card balances on average went down during the pandemic, and that's great. I love that. And I wish the same can be said for auto loan debt, but it cannot. Overall, the total balance of consumer auto loans, it grew in 2020 to a record high of $1.37 trillion. And that's according to Experian data. $1.37 trillion. That's so much money. And this number may have gone up for several reasons. Um, for example, many people moved from urban areas to suburban areas during the pandemic. So they may not have needed a car before. Now they do. Another reason is that used cars are now more expensive. Demand has gone up for new cars and the used car market follows in the same direction. So all those loans have increased. Car debt is one of the big obstacles for many people in their journey to true financial freedom. The normal consumer, just when they're about to pay off a car, they trade it in and they purchase a newer one with credit, right? They take on more debt. Unlike a home, which can appreciate in value, the moment you drive that car off that lot, that car depreciates immediately. It's worth less than what you paid for it within seconds. If you are tired of this cycle, here's an action plan that I want you to think about and follow next time you need to purchase a car. Okay, so first you're going to decide to keep your car at least, at least, at least three years longer than your car loan and pay it off. Okay, so we're gonna keep this car for a longer period of time. After your last payment, you're gonna keep making the payment, but you're gonna pay yourself. You're gonna put it into an account that you'll use to buy your next car. And then when you're ready to replace your car, the cash you have saved plus your car's trade-in value should be sufficient to buy a low mileage used car without taking on any debt. We can break this cycle from going from car payment to car payment and never reaching true financial freedom. Andy and I both paid off our cars a few years back and I can tell you from personal experience, it's life-changing. So much money is freed up every month by not having a car payment. Student loan debt is the next element of consumer debt and student loan debt like auto debt is on the rise. But student loans have seen an even steeper rise. They just continue to escalate and grow. And in 2020, they grew to a record 1.56 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2020. I can't even wrap my mind around that number. That's so many zeros. And that's up 100 billion from the same juncture in 2018. We're at this weird place right now with student loans. Student loan borrowers have been off the hook for like the past year and a half. And those payments are set to resume in October. But there is still some talk about student loan forgiveness or partial forgiveness on the horizon. I wish I had more information for you, but I don't. Some people have reached out even asking if they should even bother snowballing their student loans because they don't know what's going on with them. And I wish I had a good answer for you on this, but we're in a weird time right now and I don't have perfect information. What I would say if you're working on the money map, now is a really good time to make sure your emergency fund is totally funded and just plan for those payments to resume in October. What you may want to do is start practicing making your payments, but actually upping your emergency fund contribution every month. And then when your student loans pick up again in October, you've been practicing making those payments and you're not going to fill a pinch in your monthly budget. And HELOCs, which stands for Home Equity Line of Credit, 
and home equity loans. They're still prevalent, but they're a little bit harder to come by these days. A lot of banks have stopped originating them during the pandemic, and several banks have yet to resume giving out HELOCs. Think of a home equity line of credit or HELOC as a giant credit card. You can borrow whenever you want, and you can borrow as much as you want, up to a credit limit. Your monthly payments are based on the amount that you actually borrow. And the major downside to using a HELOC is that it's a huge temptation. Just like a credit card, the tendency is there to use it rather than spending carefully or not spending at all. If you have a HELOC, work it into your debt snowball and get it paid off. Okay, so now we're gonna change gears and talk about the fully funded emergency fund. We recommend three months income, but you're gonna find different numbers depending on who's making the recommendation. So when you go and Google search it, you're gonna see a wide range of recommendations. Some of them say three months, some of them say 12 months, some of them say beyond that. There's also some good emergency fund calculators online if you wanna get real nuanced about it. But what I will say is that the less stable your job, the bigger of an emergency fund you'll need. And that goes for my friends who work on commission or those who work in tip-based industries. The more volatile your income, the larger your emergency fund should be. So let's just set the three months income as the minimum and you can increase from there depending on your personal situation. All right, change makers, that was destination three on the money map. Where are you on the money map? And do you have a story you'd like to share? Email us at podcast at compasscatholic.org. We love to hear from you. And also remember to subscribe to this podcast and keep in touch with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to get in touch with one of our money coaches, please go to compasscatholic.org, click on resources, and I would like a money coach. We can coach you through this process and keep you accountable to your goals. Have a wonderful week and God bless.